Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. The matchmaking hats are back on after a week off and following the UFC's most recent pay-per-view offering, UFC 287, which went down Saturday night in Miami, Florida. We have a new, or shall I say once again, middleweight champion of the world. We are talking about a company with one less welterweight on its roster and a whole bunch of other highlights and discussion points to talk about from a matchmaking perspective. But I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us. I know typically we go live after an event like this, but I'll get into that uh, a little more in a moment before we get to the matchmaking. But more importantly than that, let me introduce the co-host, the co-matchmaker, and the best friend to us all. He is the Prince of Positivity. He is Alexander Cayley. AK, how are you, my friend? Oh, hello, my best friend. I'm feeling particularly positive this fine morning as we record this show. Uh, I really enjoyed Saturday's card. Uh, I, I didn't really have a pre, uh, pre-show, pre you know, whatever gymnastics rating. I would have set it pretty high. I would have set it pretty high. I think on paper, um, it was a strong card, also with compelling storylines. There was a lot of sort of uh, older generation versus up-and-comers, which, I, which you know, was always interesting. And uh, and it kind of went. I would say it went. It went both ways. It went both ways. You had some of the uh, fighters sort of projected to do big things in the future coming out strong, and you had some of them. Uh, uh, one of whom we'll talk about a bit more later, I'm sure. Uh, some of them coming out a little flat, coming a little flat. Maybe raise some questions as to how how ready they are for the big show. But uh, we had a really exciting main event. Uh, I thought the co-main was fine. It wasn't like a great fight, but uh, there was some drama to it all throughout. I thought and. Um, uh, a lot of people overperformed. I thought overperformed. I think than pe- you know better than people expected, which I think is great. So uh, loved Saturday's card. Where it sends us matchmaking wise is a little funky, and I think uh, that's indicative also of the you know the build up to this card. We we just had so many questions. We had so many questions, and even though the the Izzy uh, Pereira feud has kind of been answered, uh, what's next for both guys? I don't think is super clear but i'd love to see where you where you landed on that yes uh ak if you could turn your mic up just a tad uh, let's turn it up let's, whatever let's, settings we had it's all right let's turn up the volume 
Bam. That's better. How's that? Oh boy. Okay. Much better. Uh, you sound, uh, I mean, you sound like an angel right now. So thank yeah, you very okay. much again. Uh, I am in New York City right now, so I don't have my usual setup. And like I said, normally we go live. It's very strange. Felt good all week. Um, you know, I had to put that feature together, which took up like so much time, and then just going through like my normal day to day activities, and then get through Friday, host the shows. Uh, go to the gym Friday evening, and right before I started working out, I just felt my body collapse. It just completely shut down on me. It was a, a very strange feeling. My body was literally telling me, you need to go home and lay down and not do anything else. And of course, my stubborn ass is like, nah, I can do this workout. I'll get through it. And I did, because I, I don't listen to Joe Rogan very much, but Joe Rogan says when you, you have the battle with the inner bee, you have to try to defeat it, and... I tried to defeat it and it was a terrible choice and I went home and I just felt like I had the flu, but I wasn't sick. It was just a very strange feeling where my yeah. body just shut down and I woke up Saturday morning, not feeling great and hopped on a plane, came here, slept on the airplane, which I never do. And then got to the hotel. Normally I would get a workout in, but I was like, nope, not doing that. Went, fell asleep for a few hours, woke up, did the watch party. I was feeling pretty bad towards the end of it. Probably like the last two and a half fights, I was really feeling it. And I just battled through and it just hasn't gotten much better. I feel a little worse today than I did yesterday, but I didn't want to not do a show, but I just didn't want to do it live because of all the chaos and everything that was going on. Of course. So, that uh, that is, uh, I'm not a doctor, but that, that is exhaustion, my friend. That is exhaustion. Yes. Uh, you've been gripping it and ripping it with MMA fighting for so long. Uh, you you really and now with this whole CrossFit Mike thing going, you've really been living that twenty five eight Corey Anderson lifestyle. So yes. now you know what it's like. You know we all made a lot of people made fun of Corey Anderson. Oh, beast in twenty five eight, like whatever anyone could do it. Well, listen, uh, Mike, you're a spectacular man, but you are human, and uh, and I hope you're you're feeling better after today. And I I'm, I think the Listeners and fans will understand not getting a live show. Uh, they wouldn't want you to do that if you, you weren't at your best. Uh, I also imagine you're feeling a little bit like some of the uh, fighters from Saturday after the first five minutes of their fight. Uh, we saw some we saw some exhaustion. We saw some gas tanks tested. So I, I guess you can relate to that now. Yes. Well, let's get into this. Enough about me. Let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about Israel Adesanya. He goes out. Fun fight with Alex Pereira, very compelling throughout the entire thing. Like I said during the watch party, I kind of had Nganu, Stipe Miocic one vibes where I just felt like something bizarre and chaotic could happen at a moment's notice. And lo and behold, it did. It looked like Alex Pereira was inching in to end the fight like he did at UFC 281. Had Adesanya against the cage, he was ripping to the body, landing big shots, and then Adesanya lands a massive defensive overhand counter right and then lands another one and just deads Alex Pereira, knocks him unconscious on the mat, and he's once again the middleweight champion of the world. And to me, this seems very obvious, AK, of what we should do here, but it seems like not everybody is on board with this idea because I feel like oh. we have to run this back. I feel like we have to do the trilogy, but Izzy doesn't seem all that interested in it thinks that he already exercised the demons, that Pereira should go back to the drawing board, win a fight or two, and then earn his way back. 
Dana White said, look, I'm not saying this, so don't say that Dana White says this is what's happening, but he would be shocked if Pereira doesn't go up to 205 because that is a massive weight cut, and that is obviously something that would be a concern as well. It's something we've been talking about for a while. Pereira is not a human being. He is just a massive individual. But to me, AK, if until I hear the words from Alex Pereira's mouth that he's moving up to 205, this is the fight. This is the fight. We run it back. Not anytime soon. We don't need to do it like in the next two or three months, but November, December, I think we have to do it one more time. I think we're running. This is not a back pocket fight to me. It, it is in some ways, but just physically, I just don't think it's a back pocket fight. And if Pereira is going to make that cut, he's only going to be able to do it one more time. And it's got to happen next. Otherwise, it's just going to have to be a very strange road to get there. Like Pereira is going to have to go to 205, win the title. Izzy's going to have to just run through everybody else in this division and make the decision to go up to 205, and he'd probably get an immediate title shot. But I think the luster of this could be gone by then because it could take a while. So my vote, we just run it back. We do the trilogy. I apologize. I know that weight cut's tough, but the bank account will thank you. What do you think? Uh, I, I intentionally went away from this suggestion, not because I hate it. I'd be totally fine with the running back with these two. The drama that these two create is just amazing. The contrast of personalities, their styles when they enter the cage, the results of their now four previous fights. It's compelling stuff. It's compelling stuff. There's really not a great reason not to do it other than like, oh, like you said, Izzy said, I, I just don't want to keep fighting the same guy over and over again. You know, I, I don't know how many fights I've left in my career. I want to face new challenges. Um, and I'm sure out of UFC, I guess, depending how much business this event does, I don't know how high they'll be on it, but I don't see why they wouldn't. They love booking rematches. I mean, for goodness sake, Mike, we're getting, uh, we're getting Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena three. If we're getting three of those fights in a row, I think we can, I think people should be okay with Israel Adesanya and Alex, uh, Alex Pereira, uh, three times in a row. Apples and oranges comparison. I'm, I'm obviously it's, a, I'm making a broad kind of gag there, but, uh, it, that the optics just look bad if if we book that t- that trilogy title fight, and then we don't, and then those people are like, oh, but we can't do uh, a Disney versus Panetta three. No, listen, it's, if we're doing one, it's one certainly is possible. So I do like it. Uh, I, I don't know if Izzy should have the final say and saying like, oh, this feud is over because again, one and one in MMA, one and one in MMA, throwing the kickboxing, that storyline is still there and it's just so fun to watch them. So I went away from it. I think you'll hate my pick for uh, Adesanya and I think you'll love my pick for Panetta though. Uh, these are my non non trilogy picks. Uh, for Izzy, uh, first of all, I wish he'd just do a random sojourn up to light heavyweight, like uh, uh, you know Anderson Silva used to do when he had no obvious challenge at 185. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think if Izzy goes up, it's only to fight for a title. Uh, to play C is the right way to go, but he just hasn't earned it yet. He needs one more win, so that's that's perfect. That could lead to some ugly trash talk. There's some uh, nationalistic stuff going down there, but there's drama. It'd be a great fight. It's fine. Uh, I'll go Magic Wand. I'll go Magic Wand, and I'll I'll uh, shout out uh, one Mr. Jan Blachowicz, who was very smart to immediately jump onto Twitter after and say, "Hey, let's do the rematch." I'll drop down to 185. I don't think he ever has. Uh, as far as I can tell, I'm pretty sure he's fought 205 and above his entire career. I don't think it's unreasonable. I'm sure if it was just for the one fight, he could do it. Uh, but I'm interested. So this is Magic Wand. This is he can make 185 comfortably and we get that rematch. And uh, I don't know. Does that, does that tickle your fancy at all, Mike? 
I love the call out. It's yeah. just if Jan went like what what good does this do for the UFC if Jan wins and he's only gonna do it once? Then we just vacate the belt and then yep. Pereira's out of the division too? Like it just uh-huh. seems I don't know. I'd rather see Pereira fight Blahovich at two oh five. That too gonna... was I thought of. Yes. That's who I thought of. Uh but it's it's tough for Izzy though, because like you said, other than the trilogy I'm just looking at other fighters who are in wins. Again, we mentioned DDP. Jared Kanier, he's already beaten. Robert Whitaker, again, that trilogy, I, I don't know if it needs to be done anytime soon. Uh, he's up 2-0 pretty convincingly. Marvin Vittori, again, another trilogy. Sean Strickland, I know a lot of people will call for it. He moves the needle in a very uncomfortable way for me. But I think that's a little... Again, if if Drinkus Duplicy is one win away, uh, Strickland's at least one or two wins away from getting a t- shot at Izzy. And then uh, Calvin Gaston, the rematch would be fun, but... I don't think you can give him one win in his past, what, five, six outings. I don't think you can do that. So uh, I'd love to see it again someday if something happens. And, and Brendan Allen, listen, he's busy being the middleweightiest middleweight. So he's got his own uh, he's got his own title defense. So, yeah, if he stays at 185, I, I think Pereira is the only option or Jan Blachowicz if, uh, if Jan can magically make the weight. For Alex Pereira, I, I, again, this is assuming they don't do the trilogy. He goes up to light heavyweight. Who does he fight up there, Mike? Who does he fight up there? Uh, there's a lot of top, there's some top 15 veteran guys you could throw them in there with some of the people are booked some of them are sort of tentatively booked like I don't think you throw them in there with an Ankalaev I don't think you necessarily throw them in there when Anthony Smith has a fight coming up I don't necessarily care about him getting the winner of the Smith-Walker fight Nikita Krylov mm, it's not it's not setting my life on fire but then I thought about it Mike there's a man at 205 who loves uh, spoiling glory kickboxers their chances of, of winning there's a man why don't we have why don't we have alex Pereira move up to a five and his first fight be with the man who's beaten carl roberson dustin jacoby Saki. give me alex Pereira versus khalil roundtree in a fight that will not last more than two minutes <laughs> wow that would be that'd be fun as hell <laughs> that's how you slow roll up Again, I, I, Panetta's probably in his mindset now, like, oh, you know, I should be able to jump immediately into a title shot. But I, I again, there's options at, at 205. Again, you know, Jamal Hill's still up there. Yuri Prochaska's going to come back. I mentioned Akalaev. We mentioned Blakovic. Uh These guys should be ahead of Panetta. So Panetta should have to fight someone. And you kind of do what you do with the middleweight. You just give him favorable, fun matchups. And one or two wins, set him up for a light heavyweight title shot against one of those guys. And uh, you start with round tree. I love it. Interesting idea. I don't think anybody would be mad at it. I don't think anybody would be mad at it. So, way to think outside the box, AK. Yeah, let's go. I like that idea. Let's move to the co-main event. Gilbert Burns defeats Jorge Mazdal. I said this during the post-fight show. Some people agreed. A lot of people were kind of unhappy with me for saying this, but I did not come away from that fight feeling like Gilbert Burns' stock rose at all. Hmm. If at, like maybe even dropped a tad in my eyes because he was the biggest favorite on the card. I thought this fight would be more competitive than it was. And then I watched Mazadal fight for like the first four minutes. And I was just like, yeah, Mazadal is somewhat competitive in the first round, but this is not, he's not going to win this fight. Like he just didn't, he's not the same guy. He was slowing down early in the first. He was pretty much not donezo, but did enough to survive. And I think Burns could have, if Burns really wanted to, I think Burns could have gotten him out of there in the third or at least put the foot on the gas a little bit more. I know it's important to get a win and keep the train moving along, but it just would have been 
we'd be talking about Gilbert a lot more if he put his foot on the gas. And he didn't do that. Wins a decision. It's not one we're ever going to go back and watch again. And then Gilbert Burns goes to the post-fight press conference, and he demands not only to be the backup fighter for the Leon Edwards-Colby Covington fight, which we're definitely going to get now, but he said that he's demanding to get the winner of that fight and a title shot next. And I just don't know if this man is in a position to demand such things, AK. And he even said something to the effect of, if you're not going to give me the title shot in my next fight, release me. Get me out of the contract. I'll be done and I will do other things, which I thought was kind of interesting. We don't hear Gilbert really talk about that. So I'll start with you, AK. Will Gilbert Burns get what he desires? I know Dana White said if he wants to be the backup, sure, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be next in line for the title. Is he playing this correctly? Will he get what he wants? Uh, I don't know if he's playing it correctly. I did love to hear that fire from Gilbert. I loved him. Uh, I thought post-fight, uh, immediately in the cage, and speaking to the media after. I thought, well done, well done. He he should be uh, at least attempting to make some demands. You need to be a squeaky wheel in the UFC. Uh, Dana White, you're right, was kind of half-heartedly because it was it was you know it was asked by them. It was asked by reporters after, and he was just Dana White. He didn't say yes. He was kind of like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what he wants. Okay, we'll do that. That did not make me give me a lot of confidence that he actually wants to do it, uh, and that he's guaranteeing Gilbert Burns anything. So I will say though, like I did go chalk. Uh, this is kind of a magic wandy, but also I I think it's possible. I do think he will at the very least be called up to be the backup for the uh, London pay per view wherever that lands, uh, whatever date that lands on. I mean. Uh, whether it'll be like Covington, he shows up, weighs in, and is guaranteed the next title shot. Much less likely uh definitely sketchier there's a lot of people who could slide in ahead of him shavkat possibly balal uh if, assuming those two are fighting and that it hasn't become uh that hasn't become a thing yet quite yet uh god help us stephen thompson i don't know if he could somehow leapfrog uh if he wins in his next fight but it's not it's not impossible so uh, he will be the backup so i think this is like a half half truth on dana white's part he will be the backup but um i don't think he gets the same kind of uh privilege that colby Covington got so that, that, that's where i went with that i just want to see him be the backup and see where it goes from there uh but i do think you're right i don't know how much leverage he has uh so but i'm not sure if um and he may have to fight someone else first so I, i'm not sure what you're where you're going with that this was the this is probably the toughest one for me mm. because of what Gilbert had to say because I could see a world where Dana is just incredibly petty about this and it's like all right mofo you want to show up here and talk a bunch of trash and say release you uh okay bye bye see ya like they could do that or if Gilbert if they call Gilbert's bluff I could see them giving him the backup spot I don't see a world where Colby like misses weight or anything like that, so he's just gonna sit and watch the title fight. Bilal Muhammad wants to fight Kamar Usman. Dana actually seemed more interested in that idea than Gilbert getting a title shot. So if they go that route and they go Bilal versus Usman, who the hell is Gilbert gonna fight? He's gonna fight Shafkat Rachmanov. He gets demoted to the Rachmanov fight, and that ain't good for anybody. But at the end of the day, I just am not in a position where I feel comfortable booking Kamar Usman in any fight right now. So I do ultimately think that cooler heads will prevail and that Gilbert Burns will fight Bilal Muhammad. I oh. was hoping that Burns would get on the mic and just call for Bilal. I mean, if you go back and watch the watch party, we were like, it was like Gilbert turned into Bilal Muhammad. 
in that moment. But like, come on, man, just call out Bilal. He's right there. He's in the building. Like, this is perfect. And then he calls for Leon Edwards, and I was like, oh, my God. And we just knew that he pissed away a call out like nobody's business. And I love Gilbert Burns. Nice guy. He motivates me every morning with his tweets. Just gets me all fired up and, and positive. But I think he, I think he fumbled the bag here. I think he had a miss. And I think he ends up getting a number one contender fight with Bilal Muhammad. But that's me thinking positively. There is a world where this goes really bad for him and he doesn't even get the Bilal fight. And he would either fight Shafkat or the UFC will just say to hell with you. Goodbye. Like, we're just not going to, like, have you on the roster anymore. Yeah. And I don't he think has to be too much. He has to be in the low six, low six figures, probably even show money, right? I don't think that's crazy, right? To imagine he's making like 100K oh, yeah. to show. He fought for the belt. Because he's been around so. long. He fought for the belt, right? I feel like that moves him up a tax bracket. Um, and uh, the UFC doesn't need to pay people like that, frankly. They, <laughs> they yeah, like Gilbert Burns. Burns is good. Like said, Burns is yeah. a really good fighter. He's yep. a really good fighter. He might, he, he, like, he could go in there and fight Leon Edwards and maybe he wins the belt. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I would have to think about how that fight's going to go. But he's not a star. He's no. not a pay-per-view generator or anything of that nature. Uh, he's a very solid hand. And he's pretty much in this. I think Bilal Muhammad is right this moment like a half a notch above Gilbert in the star department. That might not last long. But at least for the time being, I think Bilal's got a little more buzz than Gilbert does. So we'll see how this plays out. I think Gilbert could have handled this in a better way. But maybe it'll work out for him. We'll see. What did, you, what did you think of Bilal's Colby shirt, T-shirt? I mean, he's got a little, he's got a gimmick going on. I dig it. Yeah. I dig I it. I don't know. I feel like when, when you have someone else's face on your, on a shirt that you're wearing, uh, I don't feel like you didn't own them. I almost feel like they owned you a little bit. I get what he's what? going for. It, it is an unflattering image of Colby Covington. I, I'm sure everyone saw it. You know, it's the Colby Covington, you know, his, his jaw busted up immediately after the first Usman fight. Um, but damn, it's almost, it's, I don't know, it's almost like the, uh, you know, that's that cliche, uh, living in your head, rent-free and all that. So good for Ma, for Bilal to show up. I think it's actually good that he showed up in Miami. I think that was that was the right call. Uh, I don't know if I'd go around wearing another man's face on my chest as some sort of, like, gotcha. I don't know if I, that works. Yeah. I mean, he was going there anyways, because he had a corner as teammate. Right. Ignacio Bahamondes. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. We did let me ask you this before we move on. Do you mm. prefer Bilal wearing the shirt with Colby's busted face or Mike Tyson wearing a Mike Tyson shirt? Is that what my... Uh, oh, I prefer the Mike Tyson thing then. I am all Wearing for. his own I would, shirt. I, yeah, I would wear a shirt with my own face on the front. <laughs> and I've always said I'm going to make a shirt someday. My own face, the front of my face on the front and the back of my head on the back. Just to really confuse people. So I'm, I'm all true. for self-branding and wearing your own stuff. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. This message comes from Apple Card. Earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. 
That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Let's go to the feature bout. Rob Font reminded a lot of people that he's a bad man pajama. The New England cartel member just goes out there and him and Adrian Yanez had a great fight. They beat the hell out of each other. Rob was busted up. He was landing. Yanez was on the back foot a few times and then Rob just clocked him. Landed some, a double jab that had Yanez on skates and then Font smelled blood, went in for the kill, and finished this man in the first round. And we were talking about this. You know how we sometimes always tease we're going to play the game of what we're going to nickname pay-per-views, and we never do it? Post-fight show, we came up with one. UFC 287 Experience Matters. <gasps> and I think that was the perfect definition. Shout-out to, to Shaheen Alshadi uh, for, for putting that all together. But... That was my biggest concern about this fight, is that Rob has just fought the who's who of this division. He's just fought way better competition, and it's he might have come in on back-to-back losses, but they were back-to-back losses to Jose Aldo and Marlon Vera, two of the best in the division, and Rob hung with both of those guys, uh, especially the Aldo fight. He was with him step-for-step. Step. Got knocked down a couple times, but he's with him step-for-step. Step. So... That was the big thing for me. I just could not ignore the level of competition between these two guys. I didn't expect Rob to go out there and finish Adrian Yanez in the first round, but he did it, and what a massive win for him. And I'll just do a callback to on to the next one pick from before. It's Piotr Jan. Rob Font versus Piotr Jan is the fight to make. If it was Adrian Yanez, it would have been Adrian Yanez versus Piotr Jan. Winner of this fight gets the Piotr Jan sweepstakes. Rob Font, come on down. AK, what say you? Uh, that's a great matchup. I'd love to see Font and Jan throw down. Uh, it's a winnable fight for Font, for sure. Like you said, he can hang with the best. Uh, I'll talk about more of that, of that in a sec. But first of all, experience matters. Tough to put on a poster. Uh, not the sexiest name for a pay-per-view. If you really want to capture that mid-2000s magic of naming pay-per-views, this is UFC 287. Headstrong. Come on. Is, is he throwing it? That was the most <laughs> shocking walk-up music I have heard. I, I know that song very well. We're dating ourselves now, Mike, but I know that song very well. I was a teenager once. And when I heard it, I immediately recognized it. And I thought, like, is this the in-house DJ? Like, this isn't Izzy's music. This is, like, the DJ music still in between music. And it's going to it's gonna be some crossover with, like, I don't know, uh, Lady Gaga, like, Let's Dance or something. Um, just Dance, excuse me. People, don't, don't kill me for that. Um, but... Yeah, Headstrong. Listen, Trapped, a highly objectionable band character-wise. I'm not supporting it. 
But that song really took me back. So yeah, UFC 287, headstrong, fits perfectly. I'd be, I'm shocked that the UFC never got a chance to use it. Hopefully retroactively, when this they should put this on Fight Pass with Colin headstrong next to it. Let's let's just make that happen. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike, you were on the money in the lead up to this uh, uh, Font Yanez fight as well. You said experience is a, is a big thing. Like you know, when you go five rounds with Jose Aldo, you could go five rounds with Marlon Vera. Uh, that means a lot, and it probably helps you a little bit more than you know a first round finish of Tony Kelly or a finish of Randy Costa, right? Again, great performances from Adrian Yanez, a guy I'm still super high on. I've called him the best boxer in MMA any division. I think he's the he's the best boxer. I still kind of stand by it, but one of his strengths is adaptation. I, I kind of nicknamed him the algorithm. And I don't think he really gave himself a chance. I don't think it was actually also Rob Font did not give him a chance. Rob Font got in his face, uh, beat, met him punch for punch. They were exchanging hard jabs. Like they were in the middle of exchanging hard jabs. And if you're a guy like Yanez and I think you need a little time to sort of like assess the situation, that is not the best way to do it. You're not, Rob Font hits hard, man. You are not taking punches for him and just kind of shaking him off and, you know, downloading that data. That's, that's knocking data out of your brain. Uh, and sure enough, Rob Font, awesome performance. Uh, takes Adrian Yanez out. Uh, I'm kind of lazy here. I just went with, uh, we've got a Ricky Simone, Song Yadong fight coming up uh, later this April, and I'd like giving him the winner of that. Mike, could Font have accidentally won the Umar sweepstakes? No. No? You don't I think this that one solidified that, I think this one solidified that Marlon Vera won the Umar sweepstakes. Oh... Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. Uh, so I'm go- I'm going with uh, April twenty second matchup, Simone Song, but a uh, lot of good options for Fon at one thirty five. A lot of good options. I mean, the guy again, and the guy has earned himself again another another big fight. And look, I'm not fully convinced that Marab is out of this conversation for Umar either, even though yeah. it seems pretty clear what we should be doing here. Let's go to the back to the welterweights. We had Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. It was uh, an interesting fight. Seemed like Ponzinibbio, I, I mean, I, I thought the second round was pretty close. Turned out all, all three judges scored the first two rounds for Holland. But it seemed like, in my eyes, I was like, yeah, Holland might have lost that round. Like, he might have lost round two, so he needs to go out there and do something impressive. And boy, did he. Knocks out Ponzinibbio, knocked a face first onto the mat, and Ponzinibbio was protesting the stoppage. That There's no protest to be had. Face hit the mat, follow-up shot, left him Still, great stoppage in my opinion. Kevin Holland gets it done. He was the focus of a lot of news this week when it came to Jorge Mazadal. Was That's he? Why, made a t- why didn't any well, reporters I mean, we, ask? Why didn't any reporters ask about it, Mike? Because they, look, <laughs> we don't have enough security. All this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. kind of understood where Dana was coming from. He, like, I still think you can't you can't just like shut that shit down the, like that, but. You can't just be like, oh, come on, dude. Like, what do I do? No, 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 no. Let it, there let, was let, a, it, let it simmer for a minute. Let it simmer Mike, for a there, second. There was a little Colonel Jessup in there. There was a little Colonel Jessup because he said he, his answer at the post-fight press conference was, you guys stir up drama. You guys create drama. Like, you guys say these things and the fighters hear it and then they start getting into, you know, trouble because of you, which didn't make a lot of sense because this the, was the incident that was, you know, asked about at the press conference happened the day before. So it was more of like a follow-up to that. Um so there was already stuff going down between Masvidal and Holland. That's not media generated. Uh, why didn't he say that, anything about Bilal Muhammad, who put it all in friggin' video for all of us to see in the fucking first place? <laughs> I, 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 again, listen, this is Colonel Jessup. We've got some misinformation. But the two orders thing was, one, he's saying these people, are, these guys are grown men. Uh, 
sorry, uh, these guys are, are grown men, but they can be influenced by the media to fight each other, apparently, I guess. Fine. Sure. And then later, the security thing you mentioned, he's like, oh, I wanted more security for Kevin Holland uh, after the press conference. But he, but he said no. So which one is it, Dana? Are, are they grown men who are easily influenced by the media? Or are they grown men who can make their own decisions and cast off security? Why the two orders, Colonel? Why the two orders? You ordered the code red. Uh, so I didn't like that. I was very, it was, I was very annoyed. I think you're right that he, that he was almost get, getting to sort of a point that was accurate almost, about yes, almost. That's, the thing. that's why I said I've kind of understood where kind he's coming of. from because yeah, I, I hated the whole. I know you need your effing clicks and all that. No, that's not what it was about. It was a big story. Like everybody was talking about it. So how can you not ask about it? Like yeah. if Tom Brady showed up in New York and you know him and Mark Sanchez almost get into a fight and Mark Sanchez wasn't even playing that day. He was injured and the backup quarterback was supposed to start. You don't think anyone's going to ask Tom Brady or Bill Belichick about that incident? They will no-sell the crap out of it, but it's going to be asked of them. Like, that's Mm -hmm. sports. That's what happens. So, it was all very weird. But anyways, uh, Kevin Holland wins the fight. No security. Just beat beat, beat the UFC security team and Santiago Ponzinibbio in the same week. What's next? I was really tempted to say Masvidal because I I don't think he ever said the word retire, Mike. I did not hear the word retire. There was the taking off of the gloves. There was the emotional speech. There was the, you know, I started my career here. Thank you, everyone. Uh, He never said the word. He actually didn't say I'm retiring, but pretty, pretty implicit. So that's fine. Also, this is MMA, by the way. So even if he had said the word, he could have said the word retirement like five times. I'd probably still be like, he'll come back for the right fight. I don't know if Holland's it, though. Um, I, I don't know if that tickles his fancy. I don't know if the money... Uh, I don't know how much money that necessarily makes both men. Again, I don't think they're getting, like, pay-per-view points for it if they, like, co-main somewhere. And it also depends where it is. Like I said, this was the perfect send-off for Masvidal getting to be the uh, co-headliner uh, in Miami. 20 years uh, between UFC cards in, the, in, that, uh, in that city. And... You know, at least he didn't get knocked out. This might be one of this might be one of the better ways to go. Didn't get knocked out. Didn't get submitted. Sure, lost a lopsided decision, but uh, so assuming he does not fight again and does not, and if he does come back, probably doesn't fight Kevin Holland uh, because again, who would want to watch that? Uh, no one. You know, there's no uh, there's no heat behind it. Obviously, um, I decided to go between who is the better of two Neils, and we've talked about this a lot on on to the next one. I still think there's there's smoke behind that Jeff Neal rematch for Kevin Holland. Of course, uh, Holland defeated Neal back in January 2017, and uh, it's come up multiple times on Otno. I think it's going to happen eventually. Why not next? Okay. Don't hate it. I like it. I went a different direction. This one actually came to me immediately because I it was obviously to me it was it was a choice for me. If Mazdal loses and retires, then Mazdal is obviously off the table. So we will pivot to a fight that's coming up in a few weeks' time, a little over a month. I believe it's May 20th. I could be wrong. I think it's May 20th. Uh, welterweight bout, a man that was scheduled to fight Kevin Holland on multiple occasions, Daniel Rodriguez, is getting ready to fight Ian Machado Gary. And I think the winner of that fight will fight Kevin Holland next. If Ian Gary beats D-Rod... Throw him in there with Kevin Holland. Boy, oh boy, is that an interesting matchup. So I think the winner of that wins the Kevin Holland sweepstakes, AK. I love that. Uh, May 13th, about May 13th. May 13th, uh, there you go. I love, my best friend, I love that. That's a great, uh, for one thing, I think Daniel Rodriguez will beat 
uh, will beat Ian Machado Gary. Though I've counted Ian Machado Gary before. He stepped up pretty nicely. I do think this is where we kind of, kind of finally, he takes a little bit of a step back. No, And it's not because Ian Machado Gary is bad. I just think <clears throat> Daniel Rodriguez is that good. Uh, and then, and I would love to see Daniel Rodriguez and Kevin Holland. So, yeah, great matchmaking. Great win. Great win from Kevin Holland. Uh, you know, another one of those fighters, probably not the biggest fan of the guy personally. Uh, but he he has been really compelling to watch at 170. And uh, I don't know how many wins he needs, but it would not shock me if he just someday just gets the right matchups, puts on the right performances, and falls ass backwards into a title shot somehow. <laughs> and if he <laughs> doesn't, who cares? He's the Derek Lewis yeah. of the welterweight division. It does not yeah. matter. It's it's people just like to see him. So yeah, we'll see what happens with Kevin Holland. Now let's move to Christian Rodriguez. AK kicks off the main card with uh with an upset win over eighteen year old Raul Rosas Jr. We talked about hashtag headstrong hashtag experience matters, and Christian Rodriguez showed that this was actually another easy pick for me. AK at the end of the day because I felt how do we tie Christian Rodriguez into another fun storyline? I know. Let's put Christian Rodriguez, a guy who struggles to follow the rules with weight management, against a guy who struggles to follow the rules when the fight is actually happening. So, I have gone with Christian Rodriguez versus Cameron Simon, AK. Let's go. 135 pounds. I don't know if we're going to call it cheater versus cheater, but... <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> I mean, listen, again, if you follow MMA Fighting's content, we don't frown upon cheating that much, especially in this sport, because nothing ever gets called or or penalized, really, outside of a, a little ch- little chunk of the purse. But, yeah, Christian Rodriguez, Cameron Simon, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, and, and we definitely—this is why you're the man. This And we definitely don't criticize uh, cheating when you win. Christian Rodriguez, missed weight, won. Cameron Simon, there you go. eye-poking, groin-kicking, fence-grabbing the crap out of everybody— He's two and zero in the UFC. What do you want? Uh, yeah, it, it's that's a great matchup. That's what, you are. You are the man. You are the man. I, I went with something. I I was a little bit dispirited because this should be this should have been an automatic. Like this was should have been Chris Curtis and and uh, Calvin Gaslam. I'm not that like bothered by it not being on the main card. I think getting featured as the uh, the last fight. They were the uh, prelim closer. Yeah. The last one in ESPN, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I bet a lot of people saw this fight. I bet Gaslam and Curtis got, um, got a lot of fans. They get, they're very likely to get paid the same way, uh, whether they're the main card opener or the prelim closer. So that's not a huge deal. Uh, but this should have been an automatic us talking Gaslam Curtis. So uh, we still might. Uh, but yeah, for Christian Rodriguez, I'm going boring. I'm going, uh, I just went right to my rankings, and he's one spot behind Christian Quinones. So I'm going hashtag Christian on Christian. Two guys, <laughs> very young in their careers, talent, super talented guys. Uh, Quinones, a, quite a bit more experienced, I will say, uh, outside the UFC. But uh, as far as UFC experience goes, just the three fights combined between them. So fun little fight there. Uh, I, I, I will say, uh, I laughed at the... I think they, I don't want to put words in the mouths of Cormier and Joe Rogan. I believe one of them called Christian Rodriguez like a seasoned veteran or something. And he's certainly more experienced than um, Raul Rosas Jr. Not just in uh, amount of fights. He had like one, two or three more fights. But the level of competition he's been at. He's been in a few more years. He's fought for Bellator, LFA, CFFC. I mean, he's just been fighting, I would say, better competition. Not like hugely better. But... Uh, calling him like a seasoned vet and saying like he was oh, so much more experienced was just a little strange, a little strange to me. 
So, uh, and we don't need to talk too much about the commentary on a UFC a pay-per-view commentary. We harp on it all the time. Uh, John Anik, wonderful. Uh, Rogan and Cormier, uh, you know, uh, get, get get better, guys. Get better. Just uh, keep working on your craft. <laughs> yeah, the one thing about the watch party is you don't really hear the commentary that much. Oh, thank goodness. You hear it a Lucky little you. bit because we have it on the headset. But we there's so much going on. We're talking amongst ourselves that we don't really get to hear them too often. I actually was... We were talking before we went live. I actually thought they were doing a pretty good job. Like, I thought they were calling fights good. I thought Rogan was uh, more well-researched about certain things than he had been in the past. But I guess the main card did not deliver that same sentiment. So let's go to the wild card round, AK. We'll select one fighter we have not match made for yet, and we will match make for them right now. So lots to choose from, AK. Who did we go with? Like I said, I want to talk Gaslam Curtis. So I'm going Gaslam, Mike. I'm going Gaslam. That was a great fight. That fight is just pure fun, man. I mean, I, I tweeted this. We, we forget how good Calvin Gaslam is, you know? And I, I don't want to call him out for the weight stuff. I don't want to say, oh, if he was just more disciplined, oh, he could so easily make 170. Because I don't know that. I don't, I don't know that. Um, I'm sure he could make 170. I don't know if it will ever be easy for him. He's a stout guy. Like, he is a wide, stout man. Um and for sure he could change his body type i'm sure there's an ideal version of calvin gaslam at 170 that would just blow our minds like we would you know he he goes away for a year you know comes goes on this crazy you know insane changes his whole lifestyle and diet and looks like a different person but if he doesn't want to do that that's fine that's a very difficult thing to do he's turned 30 still a young guy a 31 excuse me still a young guy and if he wants to do that that'd be great but i i, I just can't judge him I, I would love if he could somehow um, comfortably make 170 because I think he's a contender down there. But boy, he's fun to watch when he gets going. Great striking, endless cardio, and Chris Curtis is right there with him. I love this fight, Mike. This is one of my favorite fights of the year so far. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope it lands in the top five by the end. I wasn't sure where to go with him, though. His first his first win in so long. So, again, I kind of went cheesy here like I did for fun. Good looking at that April 22nd card. Fun fight with uh, either him, either Brad Tavares or uh, Blindado Silva, they're fighting on that card. So one of those two I think would be great. Uh, otherwise, it's a little bit hard to throw him in the top 15. I think people would be surprised how many top 15 people he's like already fought. Um, or or it just doesn't make sense to fight them right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, just another fun fight for Calvin. And if he's able to make it to the cage and put another great performance, I mean, the sky's the limit. He could still, could still be something at 185. I went kind of boring with this. I went a little off the board because there were probably there are other probably bigger storylines on the prelims. Could have went with Joe Pfeiffer. Could have went a different direction. But I decided to go with a guy I was pretty impressed by, uh, Ignacio Bahamondes, AK. Just his patience, his striking, his ability. I know Joe Rogan was very impressed with Ignacio Bahamondes. Next level type of performance, according to the podcast king, right now. So. I want to see more from him. I think he's pretty damn good. I'm not ready to chuck him into a top 15 matchup, but I feel like guys in Ignacio Bahamondes' position, when you are ready to see if you are a top 25 to 30-ish lightweight, you have to pass a certain test. And I'm ready to give him that test. The Nazrat Hakparas test. That is what I'm going with. He goes out there and beats Nazrat Hakparas. That's a win that probably vaults him into the top 25 or top 30-ish echelon. Bigger fights, bigger names, more interesting matchups. So 
Let's step him up and see how he does. I'll throw him in there with Nazareth Hackbrass. I think it's a fun fight. Hackbrass looked pretty good in his last fight, so he seems to be on a nice little trajectory right now. So, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll go that route. Kind of a boring pick, but that's what I went with. All right, all right. Yeah, I had to look. I was trying to see if he'd been booked. He was supposed to fight at 284, had uh, an injury. I don't remember what that injury was, but that's a couple of months ago now. Uh, again, we probably expect to see Bahamonde's in two or three months, four months. So timing could line up. Timing could line up. Very very solid test, Mike. I think I think we were very reasonable with our wild card picks this time around. Yeah. Yeah. I Nothing would, crazy. I would agree with that. Nothing crazy. All right, uh, you want to do the, the disclaimer, AK? I'm going to rifle through my picks, go to you. Sure, I guess 15 so. minutes here. Yeah, I haven't really vetted these, so I'll have to rifle through as well. But yeah, listen, uh, we've been a little skimpy with the Otno points, but that's because, again, we've had so many submissions these days. Very hard to get one, but if you're the only person who got a pick, uh, then guess what? We'll get you We'll get you your points. So, uh, and feel free to nudge us. Feel free to nudge us and, and ask for it, because, again, our, our memories are not what they used to be. And uh, please, guys, just try to pay attention. If a fighter's already been booked, if uh, if they're you know, fighting a different weight class, if they've been released by the UFC, if they're close, fr- obvious, like close friends and teammates, very public close friends and teammates, uh, you know, those things aren't going to happen. And uh, please just don't make your picks do do, and we'll happily read them. All right. So, we're going to start with this one. Uh, Shay Shay O'Toole uh, had a different name, and I'm not going to read it. He tried to catch me. Try to catch me off guard with this one. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, and, and I ain't going to do it. But nice try. Nice try, Shay Shay, or should I call you Zuck? I'll leave it at that. Yeah. The last name uh, will make sense, but I'm not going to read it. Oh. Well done. Nice try. Uh, he likes the run at it back without Asanya Pereira. Burns, Shafkat Rachmanov. Font versus he's with you. The Simone Song Yudong winner. Sure. Kevin Hall, Michael Chiesa. He's with me. Christian Rodriguez, Cameron Simon. Gaslam, Andre Muniz. Luana Pinheiro versus the loser of the Marina Rodriguez, Verna Jandaroba fight at UFC 288. Wow. Lupi Godinez versus Michelle Watterson Gomez. Ignacio Bahamandes versus Demir Hadzevich. Steve Garcia versus the Julian Orosa Fernando Padilla winner. Sam Hughes versus the winner of Vanessa Demopoulos versus Carolina Kovacavich. What do you think of this one, AK? Joe Pfeiffer versus Chris Curtis. Yeah, oh man, I can't believe we didn't even talk. We didn't have time to talk about Joe Pfeiffer, who looked fantastic. Uh, that we said that fight's either a first round knockout for Pfeiffer or Gerald Mushar takes him in deep waters and pulls out a win. And uh, we got the first round knockout. We got the first round knockout. So good for him. Um, I think that's a bit of a step up. I think Chris Curtis, not easily, but I would certainly pick Chris Curtis to win. Um, but yeah, if you just want to go match up winners, uh, not winners, excuse me, but guys who performed well on this card, yeah, Pfeiffer and Curtis, you could, you could certainly do a lot worse than that. And by the way, my great call on Sam Hughes, did you end up eventually, did you pick her? You picked her, right? I did not pick her. Okay. Um, but you said you had a lot, you said a lot of things that kind of played out that she was a really, really massive test for, um, someone with, uh, uh, just making their UFC debut and and his yeah, and his Sam, only use I said if Sam first round, the first round she had a really good chance to win yeah and yeah, I did I said the same thing about Gerald Mearshart and I pulled the trigger on Mearshart as the the dog and not Sam which is hilarious but either way I think both assessments were right I think if Mearshart had gotten out of the first round very good chance he wins that fight Sam Hughes did get out of the first round she won the fight yeah uh, Dad Jackson Ignacio Bahamandes versus Mark Jacasey Lupi versus Luana Pinheiro Body Bags Piper versus Chidi and Jokowani perhaps. Uh, wanting to help Chidi slide out of the middleweighty middleweight conversation. <laughs> Definitely would. Uh, yeah. Chris Curtis versus Nasruddin Imovov. Rodriguez versus Lawrence. He, Dad Jackson saying Rob Font won the Umar Namagamadov sweepstakes. Oh. Uh, Kevin Holland versus Gilbert Burns. All right. 
Um, Robbie Ryan. This is actually the last one I got because I think people thought we were going live today. They have to do Adesanya versus Pereira 3. Burns versus Leon versus Colby winner. Shirley and Adesanya has just claimed KO of the year. It's the leading contender right now. Agree or disagree? Uh, I have the memory of a goldfish, but I, I, I immediately went to add it to our sort of internal... Uh, best of 2023 chat on MMA fighting, so it has to be up there. It's not. It's not a super long list so far. I mean, there's been some great KOs, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as championship level KOs, it's in the it's the clubhouse leader for the year. I it's think. the clubhouse leader. That was pretty great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that assessment totally. All right, that's Mike, it. Okay, it's on to you. I don't have too many. I don't have too many either. Our pal Tristan Cordette on uh, email sending me Sam Hughes, Cheyenne Valismus, Steve Garcia, Sean Woodson. Gosh, Steve Garcia is fun. That guy's so fun. Uh, Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena. I don't love that right now. Gaston versus Sean Strickland. That's interesting. Is it time for uh, JDM? Did he not? So he doesn't have We're trying a to matchup. chuck him in there with Vicente Luque. I think Holland oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, but I'd rather see a Luque fight. Gaston, <laughs> Sean Strickland, Shore, Lupe Godinez, Yasmin Haragi. Uh, Instagram, MMA Heads. Welcome back, MMA Heads. Uh, pretty prolific fight predictor normally and uh, has just been MMA, MMA for a while so welcome back hope everything's okay Adesanya Shemaev Mike how do you feel about that just I need to see Shemaev win a fight at 185 first yeah yeah I, I definitely give him Paul Costa if he beats Paul Costa give him the title shot uh let's see some of these have been read out Burns versus Neil Jeff Neil okay yeah font yeah there's font again Song Simone skip some of these sorry guy Burns versus uh, Jeff Neil wow I, you know, hey, listen, that's you get for talking about uh, walking out of the UFC, right? <laughs> Pinheiro versus Dern Hill, loser. Pfeiffer versus Jun Yong Park. I feel like we a lot of people picked that for after Pfeiffer's first win. Uh, and some of these we've read already. Thank you, MMA heads. Matt, uh, Matt, is this Matt Bradbury, I believe? Matt Bradbury. Oh, again, always sending in great picks. Sorry, I lost the, my screen for a second. Uh, Sam Hughes, Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, I don't know if Cynthia Calvillo is going to... Mike, this has to be it for her, right? It was a fun fight. She didn't um, look bad at all. She didn't look. She did not look bad. She did not look bad. No, she didn't look bad. She just, no. It just took too long to, to get going. I thought she won the... I thought the 30-27 car was Garbo. I thought Calvillo definitely won that third round. But mm-hmm. it was a close fight. It was a close yeah. fight. Loopy it was, won. It was a good one. But yeah, I think Calvillo is probably done. Gaslam Derek Brunson. Brunson is not retired, right? He had sort of a thank you tweet after his last loss, but he, it, I think it was just meant more as like a, like a, like as a, on face value, right? Oh, just thank you everyone for supporting me. Uh, I'm doing fine. Like, and some people have read it as a retirement. I don't think he's retired. Well, I mean, he said like, thank you to anybody who has ever watched my fights yes. ever in my life. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I mean, it was, it was, it seemed like he was fishing for, like responses to be like oh you're retired like how do we feel about this but he didn't actually say the word so i think he i don't think he's done i, I think, think he's done either I, I would say he he is less done than mazdal mazdal i think is done done at least in the ufc could we see mazdal like go and box sure but i don't think he's fighting in the ufc anymore if but if they ever run it i could another- see if they ever run another Game Bread Boxing event, uh, he should definitely be on it. I mean, he didn't even show up for the for Game Bread Boxing 4, which was messed up. It'd be nice if he actually main-evented uh, the next card with his name on it. Uh, Rob Font versus Dominic Cruz. How do you feel about that? Oh, that's fun. That's I think, fun. 
I think I didn't love his call out. If there's one thing I will knock on Rob Font, I didn't love the the Figgy Smalls call out. Wasn't a fan of it. I mean, Figgy Smalls is fighting Cody Garbrandt, so be I mean, damn yeah, right why, he is. Why even waste? Why even waste the call out? Uh, David Cartwright, <laughs> what's up, David Cartwright? A lot of the same picks we've read out. Yanez versus uh, the Silence Behind the Violence. Jonathan Martinez. I considered this one as well. Golly, that is fun. I love that fight. I thought about it for Font, though, too. Maybe it makes more sense for Yanez right now. But Martinez on yeah. a, what, five, four fight? Five fight win streak? Yeah, Font, uh, Font's going to be a top five bantamweight. He's going to get a bump up in the rankings to, to the top five after that performance. So, yeah, uh, I don't think he'll be fighting TSTTV. Christian Rodriguez versus Cody Garbrandt. Zero chance that fight happens. Uh, Calvin Castellum, Paulo Costa, and Pfeiffer for Andre Muniz. Have a great week. Th- have a great weekend. Thanks, David from Scotland. David, I don't know if we talked about this. You better be a Celtic supporter and not a Rangers supporter, or or Go Boston. Or, or, yeah, well, okay, not those Celtics. I hate that I have to root for Celtic, and people think I, even there's a, a chance that they think I'm rooting for the Boston Celtics because that will never happen. Uh, and then quickly to Twitter, let's go. Crabs has one pick. Steve Garcia, Andre Feely. If Ryan Hall wasn't injured, it wasn't injured. I've I'd have had him too. Bunch of brothers in that zone with fights booked already, including your favorite, all caps, Juicy J. Uh, well, so we see Toke, our pal Toke Erding Jensen. I know you're not going to be on air. Can't be there for the live show. Jokes on you, Toke. We're not live. We are going to read it. He can said I could steal these picks. No, I'll give you credit, sir. Uh, Poetan stays to make it a trilogy. Uh, if he goes up, he should face Jan. We talked about that. Uh, Burns has to fight Bilal. Another font figgy. Did you did, did he did he send you a message on is is this am I reading out one you already just read? No, that's a that's a Rob called for. Rob called for figgy. Oh Rob called for figgy. I'm sorry. Oh there you go. So I'm sorry. Uh Toka uh Toka's down with that. Kevin Holland, Sean Brady. Time for Curtis to move down to welterweight and fight JDM. Amazing fight. I think Chris Curtis is loving life at 185 though. Yeah, I talk, we talked about this on the post fight yeah, show, and Jed right. sold me on it uh, completely. He goes, why would he do that? Like, yeah. welterweight's a way better division. Middleweight he loves is not it. a good division, and <laughs> yeah, he could just fight. Goes if it's you know if it's the choice of fighting the Jack Della Madalenas and the Vicente Luques and those guys, or fighting Jack Hermanson, you take the Jack Hermanson fight. Yeah, so I think middleweight. Yeah, he- pro- I think he's happier just being at middleweight. And uh, and he just got an extra fifty G's uh, for a fight of the night at one eighty five. So not not cutting weight, extra fifty grand at a weight class where his cardio is probably so much. I mean, he's good cardio at one seventy, but one eighty five probably fantastic. No issues, no cutting weight. He's loving life up there. I'd like to see it because I think there's good matchups. But if he says if he never fights at welterweight again, I have no problem with it. Chris, Chris Curtis, live your life. Uh, Hayes with third, Adesanya Pereira three. Uh, what else we got? I just want to read stuff we've already read out here. Font. And Piotr Jan, sure. Uh, Christian Rodriguez, Ricky Tercios. Pretty Ricky, where are you, sir? Get get out here and fight this man. Bahamandas versus Ziam. Garcia versus Almeida, Dawadu winner. Uh, Herman, I got just a couple more here. Herman, uh, Gaslam versus Imava. Maybe we can finally see this fight. I agree. Another Rick Rodriguez Tercios uh, matchup. I like that. Holland versus Luke. Burns Bilal. Uh, Adisanya Hamza. People, come on. And uh, Alex McAdam will close this out. Joe Piper, Joaquin Buckley. Love it. Banger. Michelle Watson Gomez, Corey McKenna, Luana Pinheiro, Loma Lukbunmi. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Raul Rosas Jr. versus Brian Kelleher. Win or lose, April 29th. No, we're going the wrong direction. <laughs> he, needs, <laughs> he needs to go less veteran, not one of the most veteran guys at 135. No, what are we doing? 
Uh, Holland, JDM, sure. Again, uh, Font, Piotr, Jan. Gilbert, Brent, Shafkot, Alex, Padetta, Marvin, Vittori. Uh, okay. And Izzy, Izzy and Hamzat. Mike, it's out there. People are just throwing Izzy Hamzat out there. Look, if Izzy wants new challenges, Hamzat's a pretty damn good one. So. Jeez, Louise. It's probably, out, if you're not going to do the trilogy, Hamzat's the biggest fight. It's the biggest fight out there for him right now. So. Wow. People want it. Listen, people want it. Great picks, everyone, this week. Send in your picks to uh, to me on Twitter, at Alexander K. Lee, on Instagram, at Alexander K. K. Lee, and uh, email me, alex.lee, at SBNation.com. Yes. Instagram, M underscore HeckJR. Sorry for the late notice of the switch of format and all that, but uh, next week will be easy because be, we're going to be doing a bunch of fight nights. So we'll be on the podcast network for those. UFC Kansas City going down next Ooh. week. Pretty good card. Pretty solid offering here. We have yeah. obviously a great main event, Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. We have Edson Barboza versus Billy Q. Dustin Jacoby versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. That is going to be an absolute wild firefight. Ewan Kuchalaba versus Tanner Bozer, a.k.a. Have That's you a seen, weird fight. Have you seen light heavyweight Tanner? Have you seen No, Paul and we talked, we talked about this for a long time. Like that he he said, looks like, he, ridiculous. Like he is I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking it up right going now. Is, I think it's on his Twitter. It's ridiculous. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Pedro Munoz, Chris Gutierrez, Clay Guida, Rafa Garcia, TJ Brown versus Bill Algio. Brandon Royval. Trying to make it the year of the raw dog. Takes on Mateus okay. Nicolau, Ed Herman, be. Zach Cummings, Pierre Rodriguez, Julian Robertson, Lando Venata, Daniel Zellhuber. Bruna Brazil versus Denise Gomez, Gaston Balanos versus Aaron Phillips, and Jocelyn Edwards versus Lucy Pujolova. Did you see the photo, AK? I did. He's got abs. He's got abs. Dude looking shredded at two. That's wild. That's wild. That's so, a good card. Yeah, it's a very solid fight night card. It's one of the better fight night offerings for, for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And we'll discuss the aftermath of that from a matchmaking perspective right here next week. So Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed all of our coverage. Shout out to Jose Youngs, our boots on the ground in Miami. The man. The man, the myth and the legend, the man with the lilac hair, Mr. Jose Youngs. Incredible stuff. So back next week, right here on the program. Always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we will have lots of fun following UFC Kansas City right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. Vox Media Podcast Network. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org slash future to learn more and support their cause.